You're now listening to The Electrical Current, a podcast series brought to you by the independent electrical contractors. Welcome to the third season of the IEC National Podcast Series, The Electrical Current. I'm your host for the show, IEC National CEO, Spencer Vilwalk. During this podcast series, we'll talk with folks throughout America that help to make the electrical and systems contracting industry truly great. Today, we're in for a treat. Our featured guest is Bill Fowler. Bill is the Senior Instructor and Manager of Industry Partnerships at Southwire. He is tremendously skilled, passionate, and a true visionary in many ways that I hope to explore in our conversation today. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome my friend and platinum partner, Bill Fowler, to the IEC National Podcast, The Electrical Current. Hey, Bill. Hey, Spencer, and how everybody out there in podcast land? <laughs> we can see them. They're all out there. All right. They're out there. How are you doing, folks? Terrific. Terrific. Well, well thank you so much again for, for taking time to share a bit of your story with us, Bill. And, and, uh, and, and uh, you know, you, you are, have become a, just a, a tremendous part of the IEC family um, over, over the time that we spent together. Um, but let's start way back. Um, let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, where you grew up like to learn a little bit about you know where where you're born raised and and kind of help to lead us on the pathway closer to where you're at now well you know i am a local Carrolltonian where uh, south is actually headquartered um so uh, my family is about third generation here um we've always been a part of this community here my grandfather was one that uh he really was involved in the community he was a builder here in the community and so I grew up here on his farm. Uh, he actually was uh, uh, did commercial contracting and residential, and also built uh, a neighborhood. We had a big farm that huh. he uh, built houses on yeah. in the summer. So that's how I got into construction was from my grandfather. And uh, you know, people always kind of joke, "Where'd you learn all this stuff that you know?" I said, yeah. "Well, I've been working since I was knee high to a grasshopper." <laughs> uh, I said, "My first my first paying job was I was four years old. And I got paid fifty cents a bucket to pick up scrap wood around the house." Oh, nice, you nice, <laughs> <laughs> industrious. So from, uh, from a young age, that's great. <laughs> you know, exactly. Working on growing up on the farm, you learn to do a lot of things from yeah. building to working with cattle to everything else. So yeah. uh, no, yeah. I grew up here in Carrollton, so that's where I got my start. That's terrific. And still that's back terrific. here today. That's that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, it it's kind of a rare case, isn't it? When when you uh, you know you you are, are there are there a lot of other you know Carrolltonians, native Carrolltonians that you run in today, or or they kind of move from everywhere everywhere across the the globe. Well, we've had you know a lot of people that moved away, but you still have a lot of people that are here. You know, mm-hmm. you went to high school with and, yeah. and college. You know. So it's kind of funny here with Carrollton, you know, we have the University of West Georgia here. So, you know, yeah. I went to high school here and then I actually went to college here. So right? it's kind of like I stayed, you know, I didn't move off and uh, yeah. have that off college experience. I you know, stayed in my hometown, in my hometown the whole time. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, I spent a lot of time here. I did move away after a graduation up to uh, uh, Marietta, Georgia for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then uh, went into the manufacturing industry actually. So hmm. it's kind of a, a roundabout thing. I, um, after college, I went to work, um, kind of tell you about education and, yeah. you know, after yeah, college, please. I went to work for a rental, actually an enterprise rental car. So, is that right? uh, and oh. that's where I, yeah. So that's where I met my, met my uh, second employer that got me into this career. Uh, 
he, there were a local uh, data installer, and they was looking for a marketing person. I actually have a marketing degree. Uh-huh. And so um, I started working for them to uh, do marketing for them, but they were a low-voltage installer back in 1990. And back wow. then, that's when you know, right after deregulation yes. happened in the, in the data industry. So I kind of got in the data industry at the ground level. Yeah, and uh, back on. then, you would – yeah, really early on. I mean, we were uh, – you know, you would – you would design it, sell it, design it, and install it, basically, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, one-man shop kind of thing. Yeah. So that's where I really uh, kind of got induced, you know, into the industry and then kind of started learning about IC back then. Is that right? Um, yeah, so I transitioned from there. Actually, one of the companies I was working with uh, was GT Wireless, and mm-hmm. um, I actually started, I designed a network for them and went over and installed it, and then they asked me to stay there for about six months because they were moving their company from Carrollton or from Texas to Atlanta. Okay. And uh, so I stayed there and helped them troubleshoot. Uh, that's back when uh, SNMP was used the network management, so I was monitoring their network and, and troubleshooting <laughs> and doing you know ad moves and changes and everything. Since I designed it, I knew it throughout throughout. And so interesting story about after four years <laughs> staying yeah. there, yeah. they kept me on. <laughs> As a contract employee, uh, they actually hired me. Um, no kidding. To, uh, they found out, I, yeah. So they found out I knew construction, and they said, "Where'd you learn construction?" I said, "I've been around that my whole life." Yeah, you're and, with your uh, grandfather and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, my family's always been its own businesses, and uh, my dad was. Uh, I'm kind of starting to date myself. It's yeah. back when vending machines were out, video games in the '80s. Yeah. Love it. Um, you know, my dad started in that in the late 70s. So, you know, at 12 years old, I was working on circuit boards. I taught myself electronics. Yeah. So I was repairing circuit <laughs> boards and everything. So that's how I kind of got into the electronic, knowing electronics was self-taught kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, working on logic boards and stuff like that. So anyway, get into the data industry and start working for GT Wireless. And uh, they found out I knew construction. So before I knew it, I was heading up their construction out of the corporate headquarters mm-hmm. and also doing their, uh, designing all their local area networks at the same time. Wow. So, uh, yeah. So I was, uh, I think I was around 27 years old and, uh, running around the country, running projects and mm-hmm. designing networks. And, uh, so I've got, I've been very fortunate in my career to be there at a lot of firsts, yeah. um, you yeah. know, uh, working with Cisco back then with GT, I was working on gig speed, uh, mm-hmm. Ethernet in the mid nineties before 10 years before it ever came to the market. So, right. Right. Wow. Uh, wow. I, yeah. I actually got to hear the first digital cell phone call too. I was actually in the office in Seattle when the first no way. digital uh, cell phone call was made. Yeah. No way. So our engineers were, yeah, our engineers were working on that and, uh, I got to be there. I was building an office in Seattle, mm-hmm. uh, for GTE, and uh, they made the call to the engineers out there. The CEO made the call uh, wow. to make sure it would work. And funny story, y'all don't want to hear this. That, uh, yeah. This is interesting. Is that uh, the first digital call? Everything had been done in the lab, and everything, nothing had been done out into the in, right. in the world, real right. world, not in, the, not in the field. So yet. I'm sitting yeah. here with, yeah, <laughs> it was it was all in the lab, right? Right. So I'm sitting here with four engineers in Seattle, and they all got their fingers crossed. Going, please, <laughs> work, please, work, please. <laughs> it worked in the lab. Let's see if it, it really works. works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it did. Well, and and look, look, look at you know the part of what a huge part of history that you were there to be able to see. I mean, yes. Yeah. Wow. That's huge. So, yeah, look huh. where we are today. So Amazing. Amazing. Well, you're, you're really a jack of all trades then. I mean, and it, and it kind of stems back even from, 
you know, thinking about thinking about growing up on a farm, and you know, I, I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in Iowa, and and my father was a contractor. I wasn't in the farming industry, but I but I, um, you know, understood um, the farming industry because it was it was I was surrounded by it, um, and and everything, and and went to school and had a lot of great friends that that were directly, you know, part of that industry, and and you you. Uh, you, you, yeah, it makes perfect sense that you share that part of your story too, Bill, because, yeah, the curiosity is there, you know, the ability to kind of figure things out and engineer things and, and think through things and problem solve. Um, and I think that, you know, by virtue of that, it has put you in the position to be, you know, in, in history's a lot of firsts, a lot of first opportunities to be able to then, you know, see that, that front wave of things. You just got that natural, you know, curiosity about you and, and, uh, then, Kind of from that that upbringing, maybe. It's very interesting. Huh. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a very core of mine. Is that like you said, you on the farm, you you know, you didn't have a local park store or wherever else but in rural Georgia, and you had yeah. to fix things with either belling wire or or apart from something else. You, right. you had to figure it out. You figure it out. Yeah. You know, back yeah. then, yeah. You, you know, if you didn't figure it out, you didn't eat at that point in on the farm. That's right. Is that you know <laughs> all your stuff? You, you know. Uh, it was your livelihood. That's what actually put foot on your table. So That's you right. had to figure it out. So That's I right. think a lot of that, my problem solving came from that. It's just, you had to MacGyver it, as I call it, and yep. figure out a way of doing it and yep. get it done. There was no excuses. So yep. you just had to get it done, whatever way you could. Very interesting. Well, well, I want to ask you too. Like, did when you were young, and, and yeah, you, you mentioned yeah your grandfather's business and and kind of the the foray into um, housing and housing developments and and things like that. I mean, did did you know if you what what did you want to be when you, when you grew up? If you think way back, you know, what, did you think that you were going to head you know in the direction that you headed in or someplace different or or what do you think? Well, you know, when I was growing up, I, you know, I thought I'd be in my own business or, you mm-hmm. know, being in construction or something like that. My dad ran a service station, so he was a mechanic. So, yeah. uh, so we had grocery stores and you know, gas stations. So on that yeah. part, I learned all the mechanics from my dad. And so, uh, you know, I was really not planning on going to college, leaving high school. Then my last year of high school, I said, you know what, uh, you know, I may need to go to college. So actually my family, I'm the first one that actually went to uh, Is that right? college. Is so, that right? Wow. Yeah. So I'll, another first, worked, it's uh, another first worked, there, Bill. <laughs> yeah. Another first. <laughs> wow. So, you know, I worked two jobs, paid yeah. my way through school, worked yeah. two jobs while I was going through college. And, yeah. uh, uh, so, you know, I actually did a marketing degree. So I wanted, you know, from being around the store and retail marketing really intrigued me. You know, I've been around sales pretty much my whole life of yeah. owning your own business. You figure out, you know, you're in sales, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, you know, the marketing intrigued me and, uh, you know, my aunt was uh, head of promotions at Coca-Cola. So I got to, you know, be involved with her and see that corporate world and what they did. And, you know, just being from a small town and not getting out, you know, seeing the world, that kind of intrigued me. So that's yeah. why I went into that marketing uh, portion. And it's so funny. That's what got me into the <laughs> whole different career path. Yeah, you know? it really did. So, uh, it really did. Yeah, it did. A little bit of right, right place at right time then to be able to then open that up. So they have uh, the curiosity of, of going to school and, and, uh, and the, and the marketing aspects. You and I have some commonalities there too. Again, yeah, I grew up in, in a small town back in Iowa. And, um, you know, as you said that too, yeah, I, I reflect that when I, I ended up, I went after high school. I worked for my father's construction business for a year because I had no idea what I wanted to do. You know, headed headed towards my future. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, you know, family business is right here, and I'll go ahead and do that. And and I loved it, um, and I really enjoyed it. But but I also had a, a, a an, an itch 
you know, to, to try to scratch and figure out, well, what, what else is out there? And, and that, that curiosity piece. And then I ended up going to community college for a little while and then later matriculating to a, a four-year institution back in Iowa. And, um, and it, yeah, similar to you, you have self, self-paid, you know, my way through school, didn't have any of those, you know, there's no magic pot of money that was <laughs> sitting there, but helping to, you know, yeah. go through things. So, so I valued it and, and that valued that education and loved learning and it, and it opened my eyes and, and opened up possibilities in a different way. And that's part of lifelong learning. And that's part of, you know, the, the, the pathway that, that IEC can provide through education and, and, uh, and creating a, a pathway of, of a career building piece too. But, but, uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of similarities we got, Bill. That's, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Um, well, you know, one thing you learn too, from that kind of, that lifestyle is yeah. one thing my granddaddy always taught to me is that you know, I was around older people, you know, with his crowd, and, mm-hmm. and uh, it's so funny that Mr. Richards, you know, people say, you knew Mr. Richards, you know, yeah. started Southwark. I said, yeah, actually, my grandfather and him were friends, but I just huh. knew him as Mr. Roy. I didn't know he was, you yeah. know, on this company. He'd just come over to the farm and have talks with the granddaddy. Just, I knew him yeah. as Mr. Roy, you know, wow. back when I was 12. And, wow. And just, you know, he was just an old farm boy. That's where he got his start. I mean, yeah. uh, it's really, uh, I don't know if you know the full story, but, it, you know, hmm. they, um, they had right-of-ways back in the 40s. They were putting real power in Georgia, okay. and, yeah. and they had a sawmill that they were making poles. Okay. And uh, he wanted he, he was stringing the wire up and yeah. wanted to get uh, power to his grandmother's house, and they the cable was about six or eight months delayed. And so he went to New York and found three used machines, bought them, brought them back to Carrollton, and started making right? wire. Wow. I did it not was know just, that. Yeah. I mean, it's just an old country boy to found a niche, and he right. went and found some used machines and started making wire, you yeah. know? Wow, and uh, it, it's just kind of that can-do attitude that's, that's right. oh, I can work around this. That's right. Know? That's right. But one thing he always said is that listen to people who have been down the road you're trying to go, mm. mm-hmm. because they've made those mistakes. Yeah, you're not smarter than the next guy. Mm-hmm. Listen to experience, and I've already been down that path, made mistakes, learned from me, so you don't make them and waste your time. Yeah, and I think that's been one of the core things that I really, you know, talk to people and. I think that's kind of where, you know, we've had several conversations yeah. about different things and, and you listen and learn. And uh, that's the biggest thing I think, uh, you know, especially young people that maybe listen to this is, is you know, get you some mentors and, and have mentors like that mm-hmm. in your life because it only helps you, you know, to better your career and just and gain knowledge. Yeah, You never stop learning. No, you, know, you never stop learning. You, you never do. You never do. And uh, yeah, there, there's a couple of threads I'd like to pull on there too, and, and chat about Bill. And, and one, um, I think that yeah, in in the listening aspect and and understanding and working to to gain empathy and understanding of, of um, you know somebody that's been down a different pathway for good, better, uh, good, bad, or indifferent, right? You know, to to learn mm-hmm. is is uh, somewhat of a lost art. Especially in, I think, in this world of which we have the, these devices, which then we can type in our our questions and get an answer too. But it's so two dimensional. It's it's mm-hmm. the the electronic world is is created access to information and arguably knowledge, but yet the applied knowledge and wisdom is what it is really unable to fully provide. And, and that's where we need the human interactions, talking with one another, taking time to listen is a critical skill to be able to then, yeah, gain insights and, and learn more about yourself mm-hmm. at the same time as you're learning about somebody else and walking in their shoes for a minute. See if that's, 
you know, how that feels and, and how that changes your, yeah. your views on things. It's very interesting. Very interesting. It really does. You know, I always go with the analogy, you know, God gave you two ears, one mouth. Listen twice as much as you speak. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I <laughs> you love know, it. So, Praise the Lord. That's good. Yeah. And I love it. I'm going to use that one. <laughs> well, and, and I want yeah, a lot of times, uh, yeah. go ahead. No, 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 please go ahead, sir. Well, I was just saying, you know, that that's a true fact. And, and to what you're you know saying today, we see a lot of these, you know, I see a lot of young people coming through training and, mm-hmm. you know, and the a social interactive skill, you're seeing it kind of go away and, yeah. um, you know, and it can be, you can lose things by not having those social interactions. Yeah. Uh, my grandfather, you know, a very wise man and, you know, grew up through the depression and, yeah. uh, you know, learned on hardship and how people are in relationships and how and family is important. And um, that's a lot of things you see today is that family life is, you know, not happening because you're not having that interaction. Mm-hmm. But it just affects us. And he always used an analogy of, uh, uh, you know, the mind, there's all these uh, 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 societies who've lost, you know, we think we've lost them like the Mayan mm-hmm. uh, culture. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he said, basically, your your culture and your beliefs are like a chain. If you don't pass them on, it's like taking a link out of the chain. The chain stops. And just just severing. And so yeah. he goes, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's true. And a lot of these skills and stuff we have in this industry, a lot of this is passed on knowledge. And right. If you don't learn that, it gets lost. Yes. You know, and... Uh, there's a lot of value that, that comes from experience for, for people to learn from. Amen. There's a lot of stuff you can't learn out of a textbook. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff you can't learn out of a textbook. And that's what's great about the IAC and some of your instructors you have. They have a lot of great experience for these these young adults to learn from. You bet. You bet. Yeah. And just, yeah, the the, the way that, that, you know, the journeyman, you know, tied with, with apprentices coming up um, that, that mentorship is, is inherent within the design of how, we do things within the electrical and, mm-hmm. and systems industry, um, and, and and mentorship. You know, you mentioned too. I mean, it's just absolutely critical. And we have so many people that we come into contact with it that grace our lives um, for a short borrowed period of time. And and um, as you think back, and I think you know, you were sharing you know a little bit about you know Mr. Roy, <laughs> and and how he helped to. You know, inspire you in different ways, and has continued to inspire you. Know, growth of a company, you know, all kinds of, of different ramifications and, and echoes of that. Um, and and you alluded to too, and I, I'd like to talk a little bit about, you know, your your work as a mentor because you um, you inspire me. You inspire so many people um, with with a, a tremendous amount of work that you do, and um, helping to to tell the story and and helping to talk with young people. Um, Share a little bit about, you know, some of the, you know, the, the activities that you've been engaged with, um, you know, helping to, helping to share pathways. And, and, and you know, I'd, I'd also like to talk a little bit about the, the 12 for Life program um, uh, within this, too. So, um, yeah, yeah. Can you share a little bit about being a mentor, Bill, and, and what that means to you? Yeah, well, well, I think that came from what, you know, my grandfather said is about, you know, sharing those experiences. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a Christian and, you know, I really love, love on people and, mm-hmm. and care about people. And so we've always been active in our children's lives and, and young adults really kind of appeal to us. So, yeah. you know, what we do personally now, my, both my kids are grown and now out of the house. And, mm-hmm. uh, but we've, we've started, you know, we do a college ministry uh, here at our home. So we open our home to college kids. Mm-hmm. 
and have them over every week. And so we mentor those kids. And you know, in five years, I've had 77 different kids to my no house. No question. Really? Uh, huh. Yeah. So I, I treat them as my kids. Yeah. Uh, I've had so many parents of these children who go through the college call us up and say, I'm so glad to have somebody there yeah. that's a parent to them. You know, yeah. they've got somebody to call if something happens or whatever. Right. But it, it's just, you know, uh, having no experience and, and listening to their, you know, their problems and guiding them mm-hmm. uh, and mentoring them. You know, I've done that in my church and, and different places. And that's what I love about the IC. I get to mentor there to students. Yes. And, you let them ask me all kinds of different questions yes. and experiences about work in the industry. Yeah. And, you know, I love giving back. I mean, that's kind of core of, a, of, of my belief is, is you do give back. You, mm-hmm. you get a lot more when you give, yeah. you know, uh, it's better to give to receive. You love to see that change in somebody's life. And, yeah. uh, you know, you, you know my analogy about the dates on your tone, tombstone. That's uh, right. That's right. Know. The dash. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah, the dash. Make the dash count. You know, you've got to think two or things to represent on your tombstone, your mm-hmm. your birth date and your death date. But that dash represents your whole life. That's right. Make that dash count. That's right. And uh, so make it count. And um, so, like, you know, mentoring, um, our 12th Life program, as you mentioned, that's a that's a core part of that program is the mentoring um, part of it is that, you know, a lot of these are at risk students. Uh, mm-hmm. They don't have a role model in their life. They may come from a single fam- family. Some of these are in foster care, yeah. you know, so they don't have those mentors. So that's a part of that program that Mr. Roy designed was to have that mentorship mm-hmm. uh, from an employee to a student and really sit down to talk about not just business, but you know, life. Yeah. Uh, we have everything from, I hear stories all the time, you know, these kids, how do I buy a car, you know, mm-hmm. and what do I go through to, to buy a car? What, how do I need to say, you know, just questions like that are, yeah. you know, what kind of career do I need to get into? And you, know, you go about what are your interests? What makes you happy? You know, mm-hmm. those are the kind of conversations that happen and, you know, sitting down and listening to them and, and, and give me your experiences. Uh, I can, it goes back to what my grandfather says, you know, you learn from those people who've made those mistakes. Yeah. And, um, and that giving back and having that relationship, um, you know, there's a joke around here around Southwire. Even my boss, he goes, who do you not know? You know, (laughs) 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 it's so funny, you know? And, uh, I was like, well, I just love people. And, uh, you know, I get to know them and have relationships. We had a funny, we just, you know, purchased Madison. Yeah, and uh, President of Madison was on the phone up there with a call with me, and he yeah. goes, "Is this Bill Fowler?" I said, "Yeah." <laughs> he goes, "Now I knew a Bill Fowler before. Is this the same Bill Fowler?" I says, "When do you?" He goes, "In your past career." I said, "Yeah, yeah. Brad, it's me." He goes, <laughs> "Bill," and Nick's my boss on the phone. He goes. God, who do you not know? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. Wow. I said, well, I just love people. And I just, I said, I've been around the industry a long time. So uh, yeah. I just, I make friends with everybody. That's right. And, uh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Even our competitors. I mean, I, you know, I know them. it's, it's, we, we have to do life together. So, you know, yep. you look at people as people Amen. and, uh, Amen. that's the good thing I love about, uh, I see, you know, you've got the, the family feel mm-hmm. like uh, Southwire does. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that really intrigued me early on with the IC is the, the family uh, yeah. feel about the IC and the chapters, how tight they are. And yeah. uh, that's really important in life. You know, you're going to have your ups and downs and uh, you're going to need that family to help mm-hmm. support you. Yep. And that's what I, I view IC as a, as a big family. Yeah. Yeah. No, no I, I couldn't agree with you more And that. Because we're, we're, we come together, you know, as, as 
you know, we're, we're, we're an association that comes together for common goals, common purpose, similar, similar to a family coming together at the dinner table, mm-hmm. you know, talking through yeah. the, the issues of the day, the, the successes, you know, the failures, the things that, that are kind of keeping you up, you know, in the night to work those through those things together. I mean, and during mm-hmm. the day, just as our businesses that we represent, they go, they go out to, to, into their own markets and they go do their own thing, you know, as family members go out and do their own thing. Um, but it's that coming back together and, and uh, talking through things and being real with one another mm-hmm. and, and challenging each yeah. other to grow and having that listening ear um, is, is, yeah, yeah, you really hit the nail on the head. It's, it's part of the potency of what makes IEC so impactful to so many different lives. So it's great. Yeah. It's great. Well, you, know, you, you see, especially during this time, you know, you know, some needed labor. They were, you know, mm-hmm. sharing their labor with other guys yep. in Atlanta, and you know, sitting down. What what problems are you having? Let me figure out how to deal with these COVID. You know, everybody was talking, and, and you know, we've seen the association do a really good job of opening up and just being real. Yep. And um, you know, even like a couple of our customers, you know, Home Depot and, and Lowe's is. That's one thing they commented to us is that you're being real of saying what you can't do, what you can do, mm-hmm. and instead of trying to cover it up. It's like, you know, let's deal with reality right now, and we don't need any, you know, trying to say, oh, yeah, we can do that. No, we need to know exactly what you can do and, and, and be open. Um, and that's really gets you, that gets you farther than trying to, you know, just be do business, as I say. Uh, let's just be real and see what we can do. And that's the thing about IC. I see a lot of that true realness between um, companies and uh, they love to see people succeed yeah. uh, and you know even though a lot of them maybe compete but they they love each other to win and and, and grow yep. and that's really cool to see that absolutely absolutely you, you're exactly right you're exactly right well um now now we mentioned a little bit on on the 12 for life program and and i want to uh, just direct folks to that um today actually we we just um released um, and did a um, a presentation, you know, and, and you and, and several members of, of uh, the South Wire and 12 for Life team helped to share a bit about um, the 17-year-plus the uh, history of, of what that program is about and how you have worked. It, you know, it started as a work-study program and, and how it has grown to change the lives and the direction of individual lives um, over the course of time, um, for for folks that that haven't yet heard for Twelve for Life, I wonder if you could just yeah give us a little bit more of of uh, you know what it is, and um, and then I, I think we could also talk a little bit about you know the 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 presentation that that uh, y'all did too, that it's it's designed as a, a bit of a toolkit you know so people can be it inspired and, and do it on their own you know so so I'll, yeah, I'll turn the floor back over to you sir. All right, so a little bit about 12 for Life. So 12 for Life is a, a logo that we came up with uh, years ago. Uh, you know, 12 years of high school represents, you know, can get you prepared for life. That's where the 12 for Life core is in our logo of that 12 for Life. That's what it means. Um, the reason we got started with this program, you know, Mr. Richards and Miss, Miss Ann, I mean, she was always a part of the community and really worried about the community. And so years ago, we had a, a huge dropout rate in our high school programs. So the Richards family wanted to figure out a way to help. And so we brainchild this 12 for Life. And it was really us coming together with a school system to look at those at, at-risk kids and what can we do to keep them in high school 
and uh, get them to graduate. And back when we started, our graduation rate here in Carrollton was around 63, 65%. Hmm. Uh, and so um, we come up with this program of, well, at first we thought about just making a reel shop, you know, make wooden reels. Mm-hmm. So sure, you know, high school students could do that. So we started it out back in 2004 as a work-study program to have a select group of kids, you know, vocational-style program, come over and work in, in a building to build reels. Uh, it went from there to them doing a couple other things. Um, at the time, you know, I told the story you know, of my wife at the, in the video. Mm-hmm. And um, so between 2004 and 2007, Carroll County was, uh, they had a vocate school, but they turned it into a, a college and career academy. So it was to career path students into a college career or to a, 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 a career path in technical uh, or any electrical, automotive, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, my wife was working at ADP for the time, so she got involved with the program um, as because she's SHRM certified. She's mm-hmm. you know, certified yep. payroll and SHRM yeah. and all that. And so that's stuff. how she got involved in the program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, HR stuff. So, you know, she's certified HR. Like I said, she's got more titles than that. <laughs> uh, you know, and uh, so I'm married up, as people say. So, uh, <laughs> So uh, anyway, uh, we started that program in 2004. In 2007, they uh, they did the career path, and we officially bought a building. Uh, and so again, we learned mm-hmm. as we went through this. You know, yeah, this was yeah. not something we figured out overnight. Okay, people see this program and say, "This thing's 17 years old. We got yeah. almost 400 students now." Yeah. Wow. So um, we started small with 24, and then worked in our first big class in 2007. We bought the building. Mm-hmm. And so since then, we've added things like real winding, you know, uh, uh, stuff for our um, Home Depot and Lowe's, all our retail channels, yeah. all that smaller wire that you see on the shelf, the 25-foot, the 50-foot links. Those students, are, are they rewind that into smaller links. And mm-hmm. so that's what we have the students do. Uh, the program is built where we have them um, come to work at our facility on you know, four-hour shifts, and then they go to school. Well, back, I think it was around 2010, 12, we got a grant, and we actually built a high school in the plant through a grant mm-hmm. through, the, through the state. Yeah. So we were able to bring – we started out in a conference room there at the building, doing classes in that conference room. And so we built a school. So we have you know uh, uh, classrooms built in the building. And so now the students are able to go to school at our plant or go back to high school. So they have that choice. Uh, and some of these kids, you know, they, they learn in a smaller environment, mm-hmm. so like a uh, class of 10. Yeah. And so that's what we designed. And so they um, they either come in the morning. We have three shifts, morning, afternoon, and then we have an evening shift. Uh, and so they come work, and then they go to school. So they either go to school at the school or our facility. Mm-hmm. It's of their choice. Mm-hmm. We have a bus service that takes them back and forth. So if they want to go participate in sports, they can go back to school mm-hmm. and do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so transportation is one of the biggest problems we find with work with mm. with uh, kids, yeah. not having that transportation. So that's a big key of it uh, is having that transportation to get them from home or uh, from the school to yeah. our facilities. Um, this, you know, this program took on its own life. We've learned as we've gone and it's just grown. And, you know, some of the stuff we stumbled across, I I give an example is, um, we have to buy compound, you know, for our wire. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of really hard to judge, you know, how much color, you know, black or white or purple you need in compound. Mm -hmm. And so depending on how much you buy it in, it's a different price. Different price point. Uh, yeah, yeah, different price point. So we're sitting over one day and we're like, 
you know what? We could probably, we're sending reels to the plant. Why can't we just buy this material in bulk and have the students pull what poundage we need right. for the next day production? Right, right. Because we're telling what next day production we need in reels, so we can do that in compound. Yeah. So we ordered the compound in bulk and started having students pull it off the shelf and put it on the same truck. So, hmm. You know, some of this wasn't rocket right. science. I mean, yeah. we just like kind of went, we were scratching our head and went, duh. Wait yeah. a minute. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So, that's what I'm saying is that, you know, you just, you know, I go back to that adage with Mr. Richards, you know, yeah. journey of a thousand miles starts with one step. And yeah. we start with one step, making reels. And, that's right. And here we are today. So, hmm. um, that's a little bit about the program. So, we really target at-risk kids and mm-hmm. So over the 17-year period, we have been able to graduate. We just had our class, I think, 385 graduate mm. this last year. Wow. So we've surpassed the 2,000 mark. Wow. So we have moved the graduation needle from 65% to 93% in our mm-hmm. county. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge goal. And, um, you know, if these students drop out of high school, you know, it, it's a drain on our our community yes. you know yes. uh, not being productive citizens you bet. and so that's really it really helps your community and what you're doing and and we're very proud of that a lot of people don't know that what that's what we do yeah and we've had customers come through going you know now i know why i buy south park and they love to support south park is what we do about our giving back program you bet and uh we're very very proud of that and i see that as like i said we we did the presentation i see that as a pathway for ic mm-hmm. um because it really, you know, my so I finished the story. You know, my yeah. wife left ADP, went to work for the college, mm-hmm. and uh, she was developing a uh, um, leadership training program for the university. And while she was at the university, the opportunity came open. She's about to serve, uh, her first year. She's mm-hmm. about to hit her year mark. Yeah. And so she said, said, you know, I would really love to work with this program back when she was helping them uh, mentor back in 2007. And so the opportunity came up, you know, last year. So we sat down with the family and said, you know, it's a big sacrifice financially, but listen, at the end, this changes a person's life. Mm, mm-hmm. um, mm. And that really means a lot to us. Yes. And I get kind of emotional about this. Yes. You you don't know what some of these kids are facing. Yeah. Um, it's unbelievable what, at, at that age, what they're having to deal with. Yeah. Um, and if you can guide them and get them to be successful in their life and, and continue on, and you saw the video, I yes. mean, oh, yeah. you know, we yeah. still kind of choke up watching that thing, Absolutely. but it does, I mean, it, it really changes a person's life and that's what you feel good about, you know, at the end of your life and saying, you know, you really gave back and you made a difference in somebody's mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. So we made that sacrifice and she went to work with them, you know, a year ago. Uh, so, um, she could make a lot more money somewhere else, but you know, it's, to us, it's, it's, it's worth it. Yeah. And so that's our sacrifice and that's our giving back. And, you bet. um, I'm not, I'll never regret it and we'll, we'll never regret it. Yeah. it it's, uh, you can't put a price on that. Yeah. So. No, you're right. But you're right. That's, wow. that's our 12 for life program. And, you know, and I think that's why I've been very honored, uh, you know, to be now serving on the board for the gift program for uh, Georgia, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Nile and them put me on the board to help raise funds to help students there. And that's very meaningful work for me. So, you know, you talk about that core, that giving back, that's, that's who I am. And yeah. I love serving in those capacities and uh, helping mentor anybody that's got questions about that because, um, you know, helping these students go through life and get them prepared and, and get them the needs that they need. It just really is very rewarding. Absolutely. You, you just can't, you can't explain it. Hmm. 
No, so. no, huge. That's it's absolutely huge because it it's uh, it's it's disruption in, into kind of the patterns of of their life circumstances in it a is. way. You know that that you're able to then say you know time out, <laughs> hold on, and we've got we've got um, a you know a, a history that's been built and an organization and programs that have been built to be able to then help to welcome in. Uh, young people that that are dealing with problems that are beyond their their uh, their age, if you will, you know, problems that mm-hmm. that that um, you you, pr- you hope and pray that most adults never have to face in their lives. Some of those those stories, I can only imagine, Bill. You know, and and um, to pr- be able to then be there and and to provide them with value and and to provide them with the opportunity to be able to advance themselves from where they're currently at, to be able to then listen. Uh, it, it's just a tremendous program, and, and which then goes down only, as you mentioned, you know, benefit those individuals that go through that program, change those lives for the better, for the entirety of the rest of their their pathway through, you know, this beautiful life uh, that that we've been gifted, but but also then the opportunity for highly employable skills, so that they can then mm-hmm. you know meet their dreams, have a family, you know, build their own American dream off of that and and it, it just goes back to benefit you know the entire community mm-hmm. at, at that point too it does. so it's well and, and, and i want to talk about the the employer too is yeah. that you know as an employer and i've been an employer you know employing people you try to get those loyal employees those are the ones you, you really want you know mm-hmm. the ones that are going to stick through yes. you with you and thick and thin right and you know i've seen some of these kids and talked to some of these kids that you know they've been told personally by their parents and either rally you're never gonna mouth nothing mm-hmm. you know yeah they personally told told mm. me that, but when you see you invest in these kids and show them that they do have worth, you yeah. know, my wife talks to them all the time about building worth and, mm-hmm. and building worth in yourself and learning new things that somebody else don't want to learn. That's what makes you valuable. Yeah. But what happens is when they go to work for these companies and they see that mentorship and the time that they take to, mm. to invest in them, yeah. and then like little Maddie that, that Blair talks about, little Maddie went to work for the, the water authority and, you know, she, they helped her get through school and, and, and employed her, just one kid, right, just one, right. out of the program. And she was going to school at our facility but working there. But now, Maddie, to this day, she's graduated over 10 years. She still works at that water authority. Yeah. yeah. She's a loyal employee. Yeah. You know, and so you see that loyalty and you build that loyalty in these people. Uh, because what you've helped them through, they'll yeah. they're loyal to you, and they feel obligated, and they will work. They they consider you family, right? And that's the really you know a lot of owners and all. That's what you try to create is that family feel, and and they will stick with you whatever happens. And you're gonna have ups and downs in business, you right. know, and you, right. you don't want to lose those good employees. And you're really creating that worth and that that loyalty. Uh, that's what a lot of people don't really get out of this is that. You know, these kids want to go to work for us. South yeah. Park is what we've done for them. Yeah. Um, and that's to be the same thing with, with this is that you're going to create that loyalty uh, to you and, and to this industry. Yep. Wow. When you're doing this. Love it. Yeah. And that's very hard to do with just somebody off the street. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. You can't, you can't really, uh, you can't really teach that. You know, it, it needs to, no. it needs to be, um, cultivated and, and born from within somebody. Loyalty. Mm-hmm. You know, comes with with over the course of time, and and grows mm-hmm. and and becomes so potent and 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 that potency. Then yeah, then you've got that by your side if if you're able to help to foster the growth of that within an individual. Mm-hmm. Well, you got you you got an asset for life on your team. 
you know. It's Yeah, that's... you do. And, you know, my wife has an adage that, you know, HR thing that, you know, every new employee takes about a six or eight month ramp up time. Mm-hmm. Well, now you don't have a new employee. You, they've been there with you when they finally go work full time. Right, right. They know how you do business, right? That's so right. you don't have that ramp up time with these kids as they've been working with you. So they know how you do. And, and so that's very, that's very productive for you as an individual when they go to full time is that you're not having to get them the way you do things. They know it. That's right. You know, you've learned those things. And that's why people love hiring them from Southwark because they've, they've, learn the safety programs and the, the things that we have. Uh, so when they go into their company, they think in safe, you know, they know how to work safe and mm-hmm. all that kind of thing. So that's a great thing that we love people to come hire them from 12 for life because, you know, it gives them a career, but, yeah. uh, we're changing. We want them to be productive to society. You mm-hmm. know? We love that they'd work at Southwire, but we can't employ them all. So we love for them to be, go to other companies and, and benefit from what we've done because it just helps the industry and helps people. You bet. No, that's that's terrific. Well, I appreciate you sharing, you know, a bit about you know, some of the background, and the story on on Twelve for Life, kind of how it was started, and and you know the impact that it has had, and the impact on on individuals, communities, businesses, um, and and just you know so so uh, it just it's so tremendous, you know that 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 uh, that lasting impact, and it's continuing on. And and part of the challenge too that that we were putting out there of, of helping to document this in in the uh, the presentation that we recorded um, that is available for um, for any IEC members that are out there um, on on the IEC uh, website now um, you can learn more about this mm-hmm. pathway it goes into a, di- a deeper dive if you will. To, to say, well, how do I how do I get started on this in my own community? How do I start to to change the lives of individuals that I know are out there and be part of a solution for the betterment of your communities, your businesses, and and helping to empower those those you know uh, individual lives like Maddie out there. So, well, and we're here to help too, and that, and that's one thing I'll put out there yeah. is, is Southwire. This is not a trade secret. Yeah. That's why we had the education uh, uh, director from Washington come down and, and look at this program and try to go model it everywhere else. Mm-hmm. We, it's an open book. We'll tell you our things we've learned. Uh, you know, I'm a resource that anybody wants to talk to. We'd awesome. love to share this because we want you to repeat this. Awesome. You know, we're just a little Carrollton, Georgia. You know, there's a lot of other people out there that can make change, and it's really just it's a betterment for our society, not just us as a company. It it helps this country, this industry. So that's my goal with this is, is I think I see could really benefit from this as being a pathway into this career. Uh, and it's a wonderful career. I mean, it's very rewarding in, in the people that I work with and, you know, building America and things mm-hmm. are changing. You're seeing more change in this industry in the last 10 years than I've ever seen really. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so things are very good and innovative and all, cause that's what I teach every day is innovation. Yep. Um, so, um, it's just I'm I'm pleased. You know, I hope somebody does just take that step and uh, and try this. And we're here to help in any way we can. Love it. I love it. Well, good. Well, well, could you touch on innovation for a second there too? And and yeah, you you mentioned and you know you've got you got a breadth of expertise in in a variety of different areas. And we could talk for on and on and on, and, and which we do, as you well know, my friend. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, we do. We're talkers. My wife says I could talk. I get along with the rock. I that's know. right. That's right. I love it. I love it. Um, well, me, rock, my rock. Which rock are you talking about? Rocks are my best friend. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I, I, I sit there and talk to. I'll talk 
talk to, to thin air. I'll just I'll sit and talk. But anyway, love it, love it. Well, we'll share a little bit about um, you know from yeah, on on the the innovation piece. Um, you know, help to share a little bit from what you see. You know, changes that might be uh, coming ahead um, for the industry that that you could share back with the IEC community. Okay, well, I've been very fortunate in my career. You know, I actually got to work for a company uh, when I left GT and Verizon. Um, I went to work for um, Cablefield, a wire basket cable tray company. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that was introduced. I helped introduce that to the United States. So I took a product nobody ever seen and got to bring it to the U.S. Uh, but I was very fortunate to travel to Europe to see how they do things. And it kind of opened my eyes. They questioned me about what we were doing in the industry. So it made me kind of look at a new view of, you know, I got to work with new technologies my whole career and, and kind of take a step back and say, why are we doing what we're doing? Mm. Um, and so that's why uh, when I, I went on to LeBron after they purchased us and looking, doing all their innovations there, um, is working with contractors to try to bring that innovation to this industry. You know, we're kind of habit driven. I hate to say that, but we are. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you've learned habits. So one thing that we need to learn is that, uh, uh, is take a step back, open your eyes. Is there a better way of doing it? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what Southwire, you know, I worked for Southwire back in 2005 when I was at LeGrand and that's what kind of intrigued them to bring me on once I left. And, uh, is to work with contractors on this innovation piece is how did we, teach innovation how do we show this and and look at what we're doing you know i've been very fortunate to work with a lot of new product development here and from my past experience and got a few patents and um you know it's just you know bringing innovation into this industry because again we've got a labor shortage it's 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 not an unknown this has been we knew we were going to have a later labor shortage in 2004 just when the bubble was going to pop right yeah and yeah. so uh, um, that it was supposed to be in 2012, and the recession kind of pushed it out. So we're here. We're here. It is. You know, we're dealing with it now. So innovation really helps this industry in uh, doing less with doing more with less. I mean, that's really the whole core about this. Uh, everything from what we do with equipment to down to the cable to packaging, we just look at every little nuance you can about how many times we touch material, mm, you know, prefab, mm-hmm, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And, and that's what the industry's got to, to step back is that we're not producing more people. You know, I hate to say this, but the population is getting smaller. So this is the same thing that Europe went through in the 1940s. Okay. We're going through the same thing they went through. So a lot of innovation you see there was driven from their labor shortage after the war. And so we're kind of going through that same roster now. And they just had to take a step back and look at what they're doing. Is it the best way? And when you learn to do that, you'll you'll find new things that work, but then you have to apply them and make them a standard. And that's kind of what I preach every day is, is just take a self-inventory of mm-hmm. what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Is it the best way to do it? Uh, what are those um, products out there that can maybe help you or those companies that can help you? And learn to put it in standardization. Um, you know, there's a fact that uh, I, I share a lot of times from a study in 2003 we're the only industry that's declined over the last hundred years in productivity. Yeah. Every other industry in the, in the United States has increased. Hmm. Why? Why? But we've always done it the same. We've always done it the same way, mm. and we keep adding skills to that job site, and we still hand build things on the job. Yeah. All these other industries have modernized. They've they've uh, put in production. They've got in. They've made standards. But we take a building 
and it's drawn up and every building's different, right? Right. And so we take the raw materials to the job site and we build it there. Why? You know, prefab, we hear about it prefab. You know, prefab is a buzzword in the industry, but um, what can we go back and find out that works that's more productive and then you standardize on it and make it a process? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I've seen several companies you've seen in the United States, I won't name names, yep. but they're very good at what they do because they have standardized on what they do. Hmm. So now, you know, I preach this all the time. I said, if you teach a standard way of doing it, and now you've got a crew that goes to a different job and only three or four of that crew go over there, if that same project manager is doing it the same way that the previous project manager, you don't have to teach them what this is what we're going to do on the job. They know what it's going to do when they they get the ground. There's not that ramp up time. So it's it's as simple sometimes as that. Hmm. Uh, it's not really what you're doing, but really look at how you're doing it. How? And are you making it a repeatable process? Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's really what I teach is that look at, analyze yourself. Are you using the proper equipment being safe? And, and what is the more innovative stuff that's out there? Like our no lube wire that we made, you know, mm-hmm. 2004. The reason we made that <laughs> old story was, you know, we looked at the residential guys and, Southwire in 2004 made a huge shift. We went to the contractor and said, what do you need? You know, the, re- the residential contractor said, I want a Romex that'll pull through a stud and won't rip, and it's easy to pull through there. So mm-hmm. we went back, developed no-loop cable. We put lube in the jack of the cable. Yeah. And by the way, contractor says, I don't want to pay any more for it. Typical contractor, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we worked on our production line, figured out how to make it to the same cost. Right. And so that's, that got us huh. down the journey of making the, the no-loop cable, which cha- has changed the industry. Absolutely. We just did a yeah. presentation that's going to be at the National about coefficient of friction. It mm-hmm. does make a difference. Yeah. Now we're seeing cable pulls you know, done uh, through 12, 15, 90s and not having to right. pull it back out and start over again. Right, right, right. So you know, that's the kind of innovation that's out there. And, um, so I've just been very fortunate in my career to, to be around that. And I think it kind of goes back to you, you know, my core of, of yeah. my growing up, you yeah. had to find something that worked better. Yep. Right. Yep. And make something work. Yeah. And, um, so that's what I try to do every day and give, that's part of my giving back. Yeah. I love to see a contractor listen to what we have to say, really listen and take it in account mm-hmm. and go put it in practice. Pull and when it, it works, they come back to me and they, and they smile and they go, Oh my God. Yeah. I can't believe I, I did that in half the time. Right. Right. I'm like, well, I'm so happy for you. You know, if it, 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 you're going to be successful. Yeah. That's what, that's what makes lights my fire is seeing contractor, just their eyes light up and the light bulb come on and they go, Oh, this is really cool. And it did make a difference. Yeah. That's my giving back. And that's what Southwire tries to do with our university. You know, mm-hmm. we're, I think yes. we're the only cable manufacturer that teaches this, and mm-hmm. we do it for free. Yeah. Because yeah, my, my mantra is if they're successful, we are successful. That's right. So, that's right. Um, wow. So that's that's what I do every day. And, and uh, sometimes it's, you know, um, I, I hurt step on toes, but, you know, I'm going to have to tell you, I'm going to tell you the truth, what that's I right. see. That's right. And, uh, you know, um, just, it, it's, I'm not doing it to be that way. I'm doing it to try to make them better and yeah. succeed. Mm-hmm. Cause like you said, we all, if we, they succeed, we succeed. We succeed. So That's right. That's I want right. to see this. I want to see this. I want to see this industry grow and be the best one in, in, it can be. Amen. Amen. And be safe and, and go home at the end of the day safe and not, you know, have those aches and pains when they're 50 years old. Yep. Yep. That's right. That's right. Well, yeah. So the innovation, a lot of, uh, 
around around the how again you know is is and that and and you know that thinking about i mean so i think that sometimes we think about innovation as new technology you know what's what's the latest you know yeah energy efficiency led you know what what you know smart smart uh, connections what is going on within technology but uh, and that uh, kind of pulls our attention Right, it's the shiny object. Mm-hmm. It's it's you know we become that yeah. that squirrel sometimes. Well, like, Whoa, hey, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And and but yet, as we all know, well, everybody everybody's got access to that, and everybody's got access to you know pricing and and et cetera, et cetera. But it's the how is what separates the good from the great, right? Mm-hmm. Th- those are the good from the great companies. Is that how you do it? How you refine your process, and innovation and continual learning. As to how we can do things better, process improvement, how we can make things more efficient and productive, and 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 I think you're right too, and uh, I really love your what you said too about you know our industry um, being one of the the least productive over the course of time, or or the least productive growth productivity growth, because every project is unique and different, and we do it mm-hmm. as we've always done it, and and that's. Part of what's exciting, I think, about being a part of the industry, but there are aspects in which then we can learn how to adapt and grow um, in and how we get it done. The how part, I think, mm-hmm. is what I hear you talking about a lot. It is, um, and and one of the big things about that, too, I want to add, is that do some self-evaluation. A lot of contractors I'll see, they'll try something new, and then they went to the end the project to find out if it worked. I said, why did you wait to the end? Mm-hmm. Why didn't you sample during this project to see if you needed to tweak it a little bit? and make it a little bit better. You know, you need to do those self-evaluations as you're going through this. Hmm. Do that debrief at the end of the job, but also do those debriefs during the job. Right. Is it working? Right. Don't wait to the end to find out it didn't. And uh, I can give you, you talk about the shiny new penny. Yeah. I give you several examples. I'll give you a home builder I had in Texas. He was taking his big reel cable in the house and setting it up. I said, well, I said, uh, you know, I've been around residential houses not that big. I said, could you just pull your truck up to the window, put the reel on the back of the truck, and right, pull it right. through the window? <laughs> then you don't have to tote it in. Bing. His, eye, his, eyes lit, his eyes lit up, and he was just like. Well, I never thought of that. <laughs> yeah, I could do that, and then, then I could just drive to the next house. And then I said, yeah, and you could put a 5,000-foot reel, reel on there, and you don't have all that shorts for all those 250 foot exactly exactly he went back and did it then he (laughs) called me he was like you're right i could do four houses in a day whenever they take it off the truck oh and and all for a farm boy from Carrollton, georgia how about that (laughs) you know so you know wow and 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 i'll share you another story about prefab all these guys and this prefab so i went to a job one time and the guys were buying prefab stands Uh and uh I heard him saying that this this, 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 this is not working. It's not saved me any time. Mm-hmm. I go to the job site, and uh, this is why I talk about sampling. Is that so? They, I was went to the job site with the president, VP, and all that. We're watching the guys get ready for the day. He goes down and gets the, all the pre-made stands, and uh, he says, "All right, wait a minute. I forgot the screws. I got to get the screws for it." So we're on the fourth floor of the building. So he goes down the stairs, four floors, gets on his gator, goes out to the Connex, gets the screws. Come. So the time he gets back is twenty minutes, right? Right. And so he gets up there, and, and the guys will see it's, this. This is not productive. We're just, you know, this is just not. We're, we're 20 minutes in a day. I said, well, what if I tape two screws on those mounts for you when we ship them to you? So you already got the screws on there. Right. It's right there. Yeah. Bang. It's, right, it's already <laughs> stuck on there. 
And I said, so your guy doesn't have to go get those screws every morning and wait right. six guys standing around for 20 minutes. Right, said, right, right. Yeah, we've already burned an hour of time because they're standing around waiting on him to go get a box of screws. Right. Wow. And the CEO kind of looked at me and he was like, Duh. you know, and yeah. I said, I can do that for you. <laughs> Let's get her done. Let's get so her done. Some, wow. Sometimes, that's why I said, it's the little thing. Yeah. It's That's why I say, take that step back. Yeah. Analyze this working and what do you need to tweak to make it better? That's right. That's right. And so, uh, you know, when I teach this innovation, it's not something like you're about the shiny new penny. It's mm-hmm. do that self self evaluation of what are you doing? Is it the fastest way? Is it right. the best way? Right. And a lot of times, you'll you know, guys in the field are great knowledge that, and they can maybe give you some ideas and, and challenge them to to do those ideas. Um, I had a contractor in South Carolina that paid his guys two two days or two hours a week mm-hmm. to come in the office and get on the internet and find a better way of doing a skill that they were doing. Hmm. And he rewarded them. Yeah. Wow. And he said, yeah, come in the office for two weeks. He said, I, two hours for them to find something to be faster is worth the two hours for them to sit in front of a right. computer. Right. They and can, he yeah. says, when they found it, then they're proud of it. They're going, well, let's try this. And it worked. Yeah. And it built worth into what they were doing and made them feel a part of the company. Right. Here's a little, you know, 15 man shop. Yeah. But they're the most productive guys. Then it made them question themselves on the job. Right, right. They were always looking for a better way of doing it. Yeah. And it only benefited his company. And it started from two hours a week to let them come in and get on the Internet to yeah. search. Interesting. That's all we're doing. That, that, give them license. Give them license to think creatively and, and critically about the, you know, the job it that is. they're engaged in. It's saying, here, you got permission. To be able yeah. to then think, well, use your brain. Let's problem exactly. solve here. Get them, use your brain. Wow. There's some good guys out there that's really got some good ideas. And, and, Love it. And that's what you say. It's empower them yeah. to change and yeah. make them a part. Then they, make them a they part of the team, work. a part of the company. Exactly. 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 They feel that work. Yeah. They feel yeah. that work. I love it. I love it. I've seen that. I can I can mm. tell you story after story after story I've seen in 20 years of doing this. Mm-hmm. So. Well, well, we will we will get to more of those stories, um, but but I, I do want to uh, be respectful of, of time and, and kind of acknowledge that. Um, Bill, I want to know a little bit about what you do. I mean, you you pack so much life, so much life in, into every day. Um, and you give back, and and it is very apparent, you know, that how infectious your your enthusiasm and your love for your life, your career, your community, for people, are um, in in talking here. But I want to know a little bit about how how you have fun. How do you recharge? What what is it that you love to do to to be able to really recharge your battery? Well, you know, how I recharge my batteries, number one, giving back. I mean, I, I serve yeah. a lot in our church, yeah. so that's very beneficial. But the core of things, my family. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you have your work life, and, uh, you know, everybody has a career. But, you know, you're not defined by title mm. um, yeah. of what you are. Yeah. I tell everybody um, I meet that, you know, you already have a CEO title, mm-hmm. and you're a CEO of yourself. Yeah. So how you manage yourself and your personal life and all that is really what you're looked upon. Yeah. It's not the title you got at your job. Yeah. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, your friends and family are going to come to your funeral, not your money. Mm-hmm. And I was taught that really, you know, you long, young in life that family is important. So spending family time is really valuable to me. That's how I recharge my mm-hmm. batteries. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, giving back and spending time with my church. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I love to get out on the tractor. You see, 
<laughs> yep, on the phone. That's right. That's right. That's my wife calls my stress release. I get on. I get on track and go bush hog. <laughs> yeah, that's my stress release. I love it. Pull, pulling dogs out of trash. mud holes and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Working on my little project, my camper project, yep. whatever. So yep. I'm always, I've always got a project, and that's huh. what I think keeps me young. But yeah. no, it's yeah. just loving people and uh, being around people. But you know, I just <laughs> recharge. You have to unplug and yes. uh, turn it, turn it off. Yes. You, know, you got to turn it off. Get away from that electronic leash, as I call the phone. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and uh, enjoy what God's put around us. Uh, there's so much beautiful things in this country to see and see the amazing things that God has given us to see. Absolutely. And the beauty of this world. Amen. And the beauty of people. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you really look at the core, a lot of people are really beautiful. And, you know, love them who, for who they are. You mm-hmm. know? That's right. Um, that's and uh, I don't care what color or race you are, his people are people, and they're human. They're just like you. They bleed red. That's right. And, uh, and you know, relationships, that's why, you know, I love people, and I love getting to know people and hearing their experiences. So uh, it's just, uh, that's kind of recharges my batteries, you know, yeah. having conversations with people. And But uh, that's really what does it mean. Family's probably core. Mm-hmm. And I've been very blessed. We just celebrated our 30th anniversary. Oh, right. That's so, right. Uh, wow. She's been putting well, up you for uh, 30 dang years. How about that? Wow. She has put up me for 30 years, yeah. yeah. But you're only 29. So, uh, How's that math work? I don't yeah. quite figure that one out. Yeah, I'm 29 and holding. That's okay. right. I'm 29 okay. and holding. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, hey, it's just a number, everybody. Don't don't pay attention to age. It's just, right. Uh, just keep going like you're 29 it's a, years old. It's a mindset. It's a mindset, just like everything else. And and if you have growth Stay mindset, positive. if if you have the law of abundance that you go by, law of gratitude, and and yeah, a a, 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 a sense of service, service you know for mm-hmm. above self, and and you, you'll live a fulfilled life. And and Bill, Bill, talking about talking about um, you know batteries recharged. Just chatting with you today is is has absolutely got my battery recharged. I. I Every time that we have an opportunity to be able to chat, I learn and I'm inspired, and and I want to thank you for spending time um, not only with me today, um, but everything you do for IEC and sharing some of the story and that the wisdom and inspiration back with the IEC community today doing this podcast. Thank you, sir. Thank you, and thank you for being a friend too. So uh, you you always inspire me too, and loving your uh, little your uh, daughter out there on the grass with your uh, pet so in their in little in their little <laughs> that's the best i love those pictures it's the best it's the best yeah family family helps to you know, round out the whole package and and if if the year 2020 has taught us anything it, it is about being real and we talked about that today too and and helping one another out um through life through business through community through faith uh and all the above and more um so um, thank you again for, for uh, sharing your inspiration, my friend. You're welcome. And uh, thanks for everybody listening. And just uh, hopefully uh, you'll have a wonderful day. And uh, just, you know, just give back is where you can and make somebody smile. You know, I say a smile a day keeps a doctor away. Smile a day keeps a doctor away. You heard it. You heard it here first, folks. Um, yeah, thanks. Thanks again to uh, to Bill. Um, thanks for uh, everything that that Southwire does uh, for the IEC community, the industry, um, Twelve for Life. We will put uh, links uh, for some of these programs that we talked about um, in the footnotes uh, to our podcast today, so you can learn more and be inspired to be able to take action in your own communities.
Um, thank you to our listeners out there. You can check us out over at ieci.org. And if you're interested in career opportunities within the electrical and systems industry, jump over to myelectriccareer.com. That's myelectriccareer.com to learn more and start on your path to achieve your dreams. I'd also like to thank our great partners over at Sonapar for underwriting this third season of our podcast and helping make this possible. Sonapar is an independent, family-owned company with global market leadership and B2B distribution of electrical products, solutions, and related services. You can check them out at sonapar.com. We'll see you next time here at the IEC podcast, The Electrical Current. 